In this episode of Women Taking the Lead, I'm talking to Stacey Henry about a key component to women's leadership development, engaging and training sponsors for those women leaders. For someone to pause and say, okay, and how are you going to support and what are you going to do? And what as a, as a leadership team, as an executive leadership team, will be your responsibilities? That was a game changer. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I'm here with Stacey Henry, who is the owner and founder of Center Branch. It's a consulting and coaching firm dedicated to helping both companies and individuals perform to their highest potential. With services that include keynote speaking and workshop facilitation, women's development, and leadership and executive coaching, Center Branch enables people to be their best so they and the companies they work for may flourish. Stacy has 25 years of experience from a variety of global industries as a leadership development expert, executive coach, and HR business partner for C-suite leaders. Stacy, that's just a little overview for everyone. It's awesome, but what can else can you tell our audience to let them know a little bit more about you and what you're doing in the world? So first and foremost, Jody, I, I just want to say thank you for, for having me on your podcast. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, it's really interesting hearing you kind of read over my bio because that's not how I view myself. And hearing it, I, I'm hearing you describe another person. And so when you say, what else? I, I like to say that I'm just a, a regular gal who's figured out leadership by making a bunch of mistakes and taking a bunch of risks throughout my career. And um, the, the way that I've gotten to the place that I'm at today is by making decisions and, and taking risks with career choices where I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. So I like to describe myself as a risk-averse risk taker because I usually jump into something I have no idea how to do. I figure it out along the way. And then I say, oh my gosh, what did I just do? So it's, it's a pleasure to be here. And, and I share that with you because I, I think that a lot of folks can probably relate with, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like me. And really it is when we take stock. Yes, it absolutely. You know, I want to reinforce you did and you are doing everything that's in your bio. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, sometimes yes, we have yes. to remind ourselves of that. And I think a lot of people listening right now can relate to, you know, that sense of I fell into my career. I fell into this mm -hmm. position. And that's not necessarily true. Like even the people who will say, you know, uh, this happened because, you know, someone stepped away and I had to fill mm -hmm. a void. I, for those of you who say things like that, I want you to take a moment and really think about why did you fill that void? Because not anyone else filled that void. You did. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for it. And I would, um, 
I would venture a guess that some of the risks you took in your career were because the opportunity was before you and you got really excited. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent agree with that. Everything that I've done has been exciting. It's, it's been an opportunity that's been presented to me. And while I say I oftentimes had a question around, can I do this? I don't know how to do it. I've never done it before. What has always been inside of me has been the, you can figure this out and you can be successful either on your own merit or by learning a, a re- with whoever is around you and you know finding resources to help. So yes, it's always been absolutely exciting. No, I haven't always known exactly what I was going to be doing. And that's especially true of, of starting my own business. But it is something that's exhilarating and I, and I love it every single day. And there was a um, particular um, story you shared with me that definitely speaks to what we're talking about now and actually actually led to what you're doing in your business now. Because mm-hmm. when we connected, you had shared that in a previous position you held, you saw an opportunity and you actually created a women's leadership training and development program um, at a, at a pre- in a previous role that you played. Mm-hmm. So what I would like you to you know, tell me and offer the audience is what was going on that had you feeling like this is something I need to create? Because to build something like that from scratch, even I could get a little mm-hmm. overwhelmed and daunted by the thought of doing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so while I while I was with Carrier, one of the programs that I built was called Elevate. And it was specifically exactly what you're saying. So it was a program and is a program designed for women who have the potential to move into senior leadership roles. And, and the way that we defined that was these are women who have the potential, the capacity to move into executive types of roles. And at the time, the the organization had about 20% of their population of women who filled a senior leadership role. And we, we looked at that and said, that's just not acceptable. And across the board, we were seeing as gaps in succession came up or as roles came up, they were being filled by men and by people who, you know, either had a name in the organization, but very few were were women. And so I had a conversation with the CHRO and, and we were talking about how do we elevate the visibility of our high potential women and, and get them into these senior executive roles or prepare them for that. So that was really the, the beginning of it. And it was started because part of our goal at the time with Paradigm for Parity was by the year 2030, the organization wanted to have 50% of their roles filled by senior executive roles filled by women. And so they wanted 50% parity. And while that sounds easy enough, okay, you know, we have at that time, you know, 10 plus years to do this, that was going to be a very fast pace, especially when we looked into the depths of the, the pipeline and we didn't have robust succession. We didn't have the right people 
even identified to prepare them. So it was almost like this, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And it, and it felt very daunting, but at the exact same time, for me, it felt so exciting because I had felt that. I had felt that as a woman, as a female in the organization, well, how do I get there? And so for me, it was helping the organization to think differently and create a program that is something that I would want, but more importantly, something that everybody could rally around and and move forward. And that's something we also talked about. Like with this program, it wasn't just for the women who were going to participate in the program. You got sponsorship at all levels before even starting. So that, and, and explain to everyone why you did that and what you saw uh, that made the difference for this program. Absolutely. You know, this is, it's one of those risky, risky moments that I had mentioned in the very beginning. I actually had asked the, the, the C-suite and asked the, the CHRO and, and others, well, what are you going to do about this? Like, what will be your role And how will you promote this? Because it's one thing to say you'll support it, but it's going to be a whole different aspect for you to take action and have a role in this. And I think, you know, that question made people pause. And in in an organization where it was largely hierarchical and, you know, if we come up with an idea, we just go and do it for someone to pause and say, okay, and how are you going to support and what are you going to do? And what as a, as a leadership team, as an executive leadership team will be your responsibilities. That was a game changer. And it wasn't just a go build a program. We, from there really had a lot of discussion about what are you even asking Stace? You know, what is it that that you mean. And so part of what we implemented was a true sponsor sponsor program where we took our very senior executives and had conversations with them about what does it mean to be a sponsor? What's the difference between a sponsor and a mentor? And what are your key responsibilities if you intend to sponsor the women that are going to be in this program. And what we found is that this was an interesting conversation because a lot of the, the executives thought that sponsoring just meant, well, I'm going to tell somebody, you know, about my career and give them a rundown of how I got to where I am. The conversation really had to pivot to, how are you supporting and enabling the women and not just sharing your experiences? So we partnered with some external organizations and we spent the first several months really preparing the senior executives on their part of this. And so before the program was ever even launched to the participants and to the women, we prepared that C-suite to understand their role and their responsibility in order to make this the success of a program. That makes me so excited (laughs) because (laughs) 
Long before, you know, we had a chance to talk. I mean, you had been doing this work, but over the past few years, I feel like every time I've been talking to a company mm-hmm. about women's leadership, training and development, there's always been a conversation around, you know, this is a top-down approach. This isn't like, oh, we need our employees to have more Excel training. They need to be mm-hmm. be more versed in Excel, like to have women empowered and, mm-hmm. and have the the opportunity to step into senior leadership, a cultural change has to happen. This isn't just about, you know, giving women the skills that they need, although there are some skills women definitely mm-hmm. need to hone to be in senior leadership. Without those opportunities and without a cultural change, they are constantly going to bump up against, I mean, let's just say it, the, the um, unconscious biases. The the assumption that women are just not as competent as men are. And that's not just male leaders who have that bias. Female Mm -hmm. leaders have that bias as well. Um, And so I love that you saw years ago that, okay, we need to, we don't need to just impact these women. We need to impact senior leadership down so that these women are able Mm -hmm. to step up into and are given opportunities when they have the training to get into senior leadership. So this actually segues to my next question, because obviously, even before all of this, you saw that we can't just have women go through the same leadership training and development program that men are going through. Clearly, something different needed to be provided for them. So what were the critical components of training and development that you identified to be crucial for women leaders? It's a great question. And, you know, this is a a bit of the conversation that we had with the, the senior leadership team as well, because there was, you know, at first there was a lot of pushback on why does it have to be a separate program? If it's just, you know, developing leaders, does it matter? And as we started to go through some of that sponsorship training and, and the unconscious bias, you know, training and having some of those conversations, it really became very clear that, yes, there are absolutely some elements that are the same across the board. However, what we really needed to focus on for the women in Elevate were topics like shifting their mindset. And so we, we bucketed the actual curriculum portion of it, which was a year long, into four components. And over those four components, there were 10 modules that, that these women went through. And they were everything from, as I mentioned, shifting your mindset and that actually started with insights. So we, we worked with Hogan and we created a custom Hogan assessment that looked at things like their mindset, um, what personal vision you know, they had and how that would impact or hinder their you know, momentum forward. We looked at things like raising strategic value. And while that is at its at face value, something that you can say both men and women need, we took a spin on it to say, okay, raising your strategic value doesn't just mean being more strategic. It's working at the right level and being able to communicate strategically regardless of who's in the room and understanding 
that there will be some unconscious bias in there, in the room, whether we want to admit that or not. We looked at um, projection, um, present, a big piece of the actual development program was influencing and networking. And we found that the across the board, women felt very comfortable and very confident influencing peers and below. And we had to really work on how do you influence up and how does that increase your executive presence while also raising your strategic value. So the the components of the actual L&D portion were very specific and very targeted to what are some of those challenges that women will face as they start to progress through the organization. And we got the buy-in because as we had the conversation with our, our sponsors, they started to see how these types of, of you know, topics were coming up that they hadn't ever thought of before. And I love, Stacy that your curriculum started with mindset and the stories mm-hmm. you have about yourself, opportunities, all of this. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking as you were talking about managing up and influencing up, if your mindset is one that, oh, I don't have anything to offer. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm being considered. You can't do that work until you own your own value, even if it's just, I have a unique perspective given, you know, my experience and the position I'm in. Absolutely. You know, one of the the pieces that I took from the, the experience of putting this program together that I've incorporated into working with, with other clients is exactly that. And we actually, when I develop programs for other organizations, specifically around women's development, part of the mindset work that we do is in the very beginning, we ask people, what are you bringing to the table? And, you know, kind of give us your air quote elevator pitch, but what sets you apart? And then over the course of however long of a program, you know, we've put together, we come back to that. And we come back to how has your mindset shifted to you know, reflect either what you've learned or how you've applied or how you've influenced up? And there's a big difference in what people say when they first come into the program and what people say and, and how they respond when they're ending the program. And it's, it's beautiful to see. And I love that you finished there because my next question was, I want to hear about some of the wins that these women Mm -hmm. experienced through the program or even, you know, it just popped into my head. So I'm just going to ask it, maybe even people who weren't in the program who experienced change, just going through the process. Yeah. There's, there's so much I'm like, I'm like a proud mama with, with this particular program and um, Carrier has a, a big, big place in, in my heart because I got to do some of my favorite work there. You know, I mentioned when we first started talking, one of the reasons that, that they started the program really was to move, mo- get momentum towards parity. And they were uh, about 20% women in senior leadership roles, you know, as of, you know, the, the I think right now, they're at over 
So they've moved the needle in just a couple of years, 11% increase towards those, those parity goals. And so a huge win is that the women who have gone through this program have really gotten the opportunity to a get you know prepare themselves and, and to, to be prepared for future roles but as those roles are coming available they're moving into them and so I watch from the sidelines and I'm still very close with with many of the women who went through that inaugural cohort to hear oh I've just taken a general manager role oh I've just taken a, a senior PL role and I'm really getting to watch these women move into some of the roles that, that many of them thought were unattainable. So that is, for me, just an enormous, enormous win. I think the, the other big win that I've personally heard about and noticed is for the, the managers of these women who have gone through the program, they developed as well. And so there was an element of manager and people leadership training that we put people through. And so it wasn't just the sponsors and it wasn't just the participants. Anybody who had a participant going through, they went through a series of workshops and training as well to learn how to support their leader or how to support their participants, how to have a conversation and follow up and really make sure that they were moving through the program and, and supporting the best they could. And the stories that I got back and that, that we got back on, wow, I've learned this, or I've applied XYZ, whatever you know, we, we've trained them on, to the different people in my organization. And it's made a huge difference in engagement and how people respond. I think that overall, it helped to really create uh, just a, a learning culture and this culture of development that was there, but not as prominently. That's amazing. And I love, you know, when you have that experience of, I did good work here, like I made an impact and you absolutely have that and your heart must be so full. And I know also like you saw an opportunity to take you know, your skills, your values, mm -hmm. you know, and the good work you wanted to do in the world and start your own business. So I kind of have a dual yeah. question for you too, because I want to hear about the work you're doing in Center Branch and also mm -hmm. where you see the focus of training and development going in the future. So I, I'm literally giddy when I think about Center Branch and I think about the fact that I was able to have all of these great experiences in my career, you know, from small startup companies, private equity companies to Fortune 50 organizations. And now I get to do that in a, in a capacity where I truly have the ability to impact companies and people all over the world. It's amazing. So I'll, I'll just, I, I, often have to remind myself and say, okay, I get to do this every day. And so the work that, that I do with Center Branch is an extension of, of what I've just mentioned at Carrier. So I help organizations look at their people strategies, their leadership development strategies, and come up with custom solutions. Sometimes I'll be the one to create the solution for them. Other times I'll refer them 
you know, to, to another organization, or I'll say, here's what you can do internally, because it doesn't always have to be done externally. So that's, that's a big part of it. The other part that I love very, very much is, is coaching. And so um, I'm an exec, an executive coach and a leadership coach, and I get to really help the, the vast majority of my clientele are women. I get to help women think about where they are and where they want to go. And in those one-on-one conversations, grow women however they, you know, they need to grow. And it's, it's different with every single person. Um, so that's a little bit about Center Branch. And I think another piece that I get to pinch myself on daily is the fact that, you know, I published a book this year and it was a book that I wish I had when I was growing up in an organization. And it's really all about the choices that we have when we're facing change. And let's face it, everything that we go through is a change. And, and so um, it's near and dear to my heart. And it's something that people have said to me, this has made a difference in how I lead myself, but also how I lead others. I love that. And I want to add a note because I did a little read up on your book. So for those of you who are listening, Stacy's book is called Get Rooted. And in this book, she identifies common values and provides readers with a visual framework. So for those of you who are visual learners, you're going to love this mm-hmm. to understand their roots. And and say a little bit more about that, Stacy. understanding their roots. Why is that important when facing change? A lot of times people will say, I didn't, I didn't get a choice. If a change happened, why well, don't, I don't have a choice in this. And while it's true that we don't always get to choose the change and I'll, I'll take COVID for example, we didn't choose that change. It happened to us. What we do have a choice in is how we show up. It's how we respond. It's what do we do with that information around the change and how you show up, what you do with that information is directly related to what you're rooted in. And when I say roots, what I'm really referring to are, you know, your values. In in an example, we actually worked through this and some of the the elevate work, although we didn't call it roots, is an example, trust versus control. When a change happens or when you're experiencing something new, are you rooting yourself in trust or control? Are you trying to control every piece of, of it? Are you, you know, coming over the top in an air quote effort to help? Are you micromanaging without realizing it? Or are you trusting that people around you are just doing the absolute best that they can and giving some grace? And so the roots are really, what are the values? And it's everything, you know, it's a dichotomy of trust versus control, um, relationship versus disengagement, um, you know, integrity versus dishonesty, et cetera. And I walk readers through, where are you rooted? And if it's it's not the right place, how do you change that? 
Stacey, you're speaking my language. And I know for a fact you're <laughs> speaking to the heart of what many of the women in my community deal with our perfectionists, our people pleasing parts yes. of it, the whole like trying to stay in control, trying to have direct influence mm-hmm. and impact at all costs. So I know there's a lot of people listening who would love to find out more about you. So where can they find you and where can they connect with you? Um, so they can go to my website at www.centerbranch.com. Um, people can email me directly, stacy.henry at centerbranch.com, or check out my book on Amazon, Get Rooted, Growing People and Companies Through Change, or check me out on LinkedIn, Stacy Henry one um, I'm everywhere. I try to be, and I try to be super responsive. So it's risky giving your personal email out, but I, I find that a direct connection is, that's how I roll. And I just, I love interacting with people. So I love that. That, and I will attest to that. You were very responsive. Like whenever I emailed you, we, <laughs> we, we, we did not go long before both of us were like communicating back and forth. So for those of you who are on the run or in the car, don't worry. You know, you can always find all the links to this episode at womentakingthelead.com. Stacy's episode will be, um, you know, womentakingthelead.com forward slash Stacy and it's S-T-A-C-Y dash Henry, or you can put Stacy in the search bar. And Stacy, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much. It's been my absolute privilege and I am so excited and I just wish you and your listeners great growth in your future. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.